Ain't nothing worse than a smart dumb. Hey yo! Hey yo! All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Smart Dumb Podcast Holiday Edition. Today, I am joined by a good friend of mine, Nerd Raps, a very important uh, member of the DMV um, spoken word community. Regardless of whether you want to be modest or not, I'm going to go ahead and stake that claim. That's what we're doing. All right. so <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, shoot, I've only met you about two, three months ago. I think it's crazy, but like just seeing your contribution to the scene has been something that I just want to keep tapping into and supporting. And, and it's been a wonderful to see what else you've done for others and how you've, I'm sure you've heard that before. We're not saying that because we have to, we really mean it, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very appreciative. Absolutely. So yeah, I just throw them flowers out the gate, but let me give you an opportunity to just kind of introduce yourself, like tell the people a little bit about yourself, man. Okay. What's going on, y'all? My name is Nerd, uh, Dominic Nerd McDonald, my full author name. I am from Los Angeles, California, born and raised. I am a graduate of California State University, Long Beach. I got my degree in uh, English creative writing, used that to write a book. Uh, two years after graduating, toured the book twice, decided that I wanted to take my poetic talents and skills somewhere else outside of L.A., and that led me to the DMV area, which I am now residing in, in uh, Southeast D.C. Okay. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I knew nothing about this book. What was the, what is it about? What was the motivation? So the book is titled the love song of Dina and McDonald. And the reason why I tied that into my um, degree is because I took a poetry course and one of the poets that we studied was T.S. Eliot. And there was a T.S. Eliot poem called The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. And it was basically about a man who had these insecurities about himself because he was getting old and trying to attract like a younger woman. You know, so mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily the foundation of, you know, my personal story. But I did want to have something where I was able to be vulnerable and express my uh, situations that I had in my dating life. because It's very peculiar because I'm a peculiar person. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I uh, basically crafted this book out of real life experiences that I've had from high school up into uh, finishing college. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And <clears throat> okay, I guess, and maybe I didn't realize um, more so, I think it was more accurate. I didn't realize that I was fresh out of college. I think I mean, you know, one of the times you, you alluded to it, but I didn't realize like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times um, I'm thinking a uh, shout out to Steph. Um, she's got a book you know, kind of in the works coming up soon. Most of the time we talk about books, it was like, it just came out. It's coming out too much. Like yours been out already. And you said yeah. you toured it twice. That's, that's, um, that's interesting. What, like, can you speak on that? Um, what, what, how did you, how did you go about determining 
where you were going to showcase the book, you know, to after that, you know, in person, wherever you chose to go to. Right. So I think I had that that spirit from doing the college tours back home because mm-hmm. um, I, I started out by my poetry journey. I was on the poetry slam team at my school freshman and sophomore year. And I did uh, competitive slam poetry. Then I kind of pivoted because I really wanted to get into, you know, my my music and, and rap career. Mm-hmm. So I focused more on that. Took a break from that. And I ran into one of my poetry mentors, uh, his brother by the name of uh, Philosophy, who I'm a part of uh, a Never Speak Poetry Collective back in Long Beach with. And he was like, yeah, you were dope. I don't know why you stopped doing poetry. And I was like, uh, yeah, I never really know. I went, knew why I stopped either. It just wasn't something that I had put a lot of attention to. And, you know, I had like school going. Uh, I was a uh, chapter president of my uh, fraternity, which I'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So it, it like the, the poetry scene and being in that was something that I kind of stepped away from. And then that, if you talk about pivotal moments, brought me back. And that was in um, 2013, right? So what happened in 2013 is I started performing with uh, with Philosophy and uh, Dragonfly and, you know, all the, the people who eventually I became a part of the Never Speak Collective uh, with. And one of the uh, members, uh, is a woman named Shiba Fly, had a book. So I was like, yo, I'm interested in writing a book. I think I have enough um, pieces to write a book. And she sat me down and was like, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, that's it? Okay. <laughs> and then um, went apart, you know, with that uh, process. But as far as going to, you know, tour the book and, and stuff like that, it was something that I was really kind of nervous about. And I wasn't really sure if I if I wanted to to do it at first. And then I had to think like, you know, do I want to just stay being, you know, the hometown poet or do I want to start cultivating some notoriety, you know? Um, and I was raised, shall I say, through poetry from uh, the Poetry Lounge uh, mm-hmm. back in L.A. So I know about, you know, the Sheehan's and. Rudy Francisco's and uh, a lot of people who, who came up like in that um, 2007, 2008 year. And I saw what they were doing and they were doing tours and, and stuff like that. So I decided to, uh, to, to give it a shot. So the first time that I did it, it was around other events that was happening. Um, like, I think I went to go see family in Tampa and then, you know, I started co- connecting with friends who lived out there. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm interested in, in um, checking your city out. And I'm going to do some poetry while I'm there. And uh, that was kind of the formula. So when I did it the, the, the first time, I had saved up some money for it. And then I raised a, um, I, I raised funds for, for a budget and ended up doing, I think, six cities. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So if, if I summarize kind of what, uh, you know, what I heard, basically, 
one, you made it convenient. So it's like you were already traveling in this way, you know, in that direction. So you turned it into, you know, made it something, you know, relative to business or what you're doing Two, you just spoke up, you yeah. know, let your friends know, hey, you know, I'm about to be in the area. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to tap in. I'm trying to do some poetry. I have this book I want to share. Like you just spoke up. And another thing that you're really good about is just asking for help. Um, you know, the whole, you know, raising the funds to go for me, like, that's some, some people wouldn't even get that far. Like their pride is just like, man, I, I just wanted to work out, but like, I'm not really, you know, willing to ask somebody else. I just kind of wanted to, to, to be there or whatever. So it's like, it's really not a right. magic formula. It's just executing, it's, you know, it sounds like. Yeah. And see, there's this book I, I read, which wasn't until later after, you know, I did most of the stuff that I'm talking to you about. It was called uh, uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And he says that people don't support people, they support causes, mm. right? So I made what I was doing a cause and then it was something that people can get behind, Okay, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, this person is going outside of their comfort zone nothing is guaranteed but they're going to you know just rock with it and see what happens you know what i'm saying and i i through my social media i was able to invite people through that to that journey mm -hmm. and it in a sense was like the reality tv effect you know what i'm saying so people were living uh vicariously through me so that was a part of the buying you know um and i i, I feel like as long as someone is going to do what they said that they were going to do, then it's, it's, it's not a problem, you know? Um, and it was always like, well, even if I don't get this particular goal, it's still going to happen anyway. I'm still going to make it work. You know, most people will say like, okay, well, I didn't get up to this certain point. So now I'm not going to do anything because that was, that was a failure, you know? Um, and really, it was just, uh, well, I guess a different perspective that you could take from that is that this is a better opportunity than where you were at before, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because you didn't start from zero, but it wasn't the, the, the end goal, you know what I'm saying? But you have more than what you started with. So right. even if it's not your ultimate goal, at least you have something which is more than what you have before. Right, 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 right. No, that's definitely right there is mind is a mindset thing. And it's not even one right way to have. It's actually important for that person to kind of know themselves. So if I said, if I said a thousand dollars and I'm the type that's like, okay, if I don't get that $1,000, then I failed. And this whole thing was a wash. And why did we do it? And I knew I shouldn't, but then that's dangerous for yourself. If you set a goal of $1,000 and you say, if I get here, everything else above that is bonus. And, you know, I can work, like you just said, I can work with this and everything else is, you know, is golden. Then, you know, that's a whole different perspective. So like, yeah, are you the type of person where you need to figure out your foundation, your baseline, the minimum, or you're more the person that needs like your, this isn't a target and I have to get there. And, and it's like, even I don't want to say neither one of them is wrong, but know who you are and make the goals 
align with that so that you know you don't forget why you're what you're doing in the first place again the why that's mentioned in the book right i think that's important um i think one thing i did also want to come back to you as <clears throat> can you talk about how you're from la which is not a small area at all but being mm -hmm. that you're from there and a performer from there staying local can still be a negative thing. It can still feel small for you. Right, right. Um, and it was interesting. I was just talking to an uh, uh, artist named Glow Shines, who hosts one of the uh, busboys and uh, poet yeah. days out here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaking amazing. Yeah. And she was saying how you know, LA is a, a great place, but it's a place full of artists. Mm. So your audience is your competition. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And not necessarily your supporters. Right. Um, and it's good to have, you know, your audience be your competition to keep your sword sharp. But to make those bottom lines, like you need new supporters, you need fans. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that is what made it small for me because it's like okay i have a weekly feature here in you know long beach and my friend is like oh okay well i have another one here in the valley and because the population of um you know uh black people isn't as big as you know people think it is or at yeah. least people who are willing to appreciate art we're kind of competing for the same things. You know right. what I'm saying? We're we're competing for the for the same supporters. And what I got frustrated with is that we didn't decide on a way where we can all do something together. Mm -hmm. You know, and it had to be like my thing versus versus your thing. And I was like, that's that's absurd. We don't we don't need to do that, especially if we are people who have mutual respect for each other, you know? To that point, let me take some time out and shout out. So I think it was the very first time I, yeah, it was. The very first time I came to your open mic was um, was uh, when Orville was there. I believe that was the same day Jeff was there. If he wasn't there that day, he was there like one of the next times. So shout out to Orville and Backpack Jeff. They both have gone out of their way. Are really good to come through and show love here. And they're very intentional about it too. They're like, this exists, mm -hmm. this is in the scene, we need to make this grow. And I feel like if I talk to every last one of, of not only the gentlemen in DMV and the ladies in DMV and even Phoenix where I am currently, like a lot of the poet friends that I connect with have that same mentality. Like, look, I know, I know, I know what I can Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, that's not in question. So I'm not intimidated by somebody else's success. I want to see more of that. So I want to help them build and help that grow because it's a win for everybody else. And I'm more than willing to bet that each of them have, all, each of us have all had a story where it was the reverse. Where somebody was saying, oh, I'm going to just sit on this person just because they're a little bit, they're getting a little bit too much shine. I feel like I should be good. We don't have enough to, everybody can't eat. I, I got to eat. That, you know, it's got to be zero yeah. sum. For me to get some, it's got to come from there. So it's like, and I think a lot of us who now move like this had enough of those experiences. Like, that's not it. 
Like this is doing nothing for me. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, shout out to all of them. And I and I just think it's really important that we, you know, continue to grow like that because it is possible. I think I personally, I'm a big battle rap fan. And I think um open mics and, and spoken word is going the same route. Like people are finally waking up to these art forms, also right. being legitimate, also having talent, also being worth you know, bigger, bigger, bigger stages than they currently are. And so with that acceptance being the case, then there's not two or three venues in in Cali, you know, two or three times a week. And these are the people who are going to get shine. You need to show, you know, if you don't get featured, then what are you doing? And if you didn't get in, you know, 15 minutes before the list started, then you're not going up tonight. Like we're, we're, we're evolving past that. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's very important. That too. Every single individual to those who I do know, the names I do know, to the names I don't know, who are who have brought us from those po- points in the past to the future we have, I thank you. <laughs> I thank <laughs> you. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears that people put. I just think it's very important. Like, thank you so very much to the ones who paved that way. I just want to get that out there. Definitely. Shout out to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what... um. What okay? What what was that early point in your life? That's like open mic, spoken word, rap. Like this is me. This is this is my gift. This is this is what I want to build. Like, where did that come from for you? So, I'm a hip hop child, right? Okay. And I was birthed, sat in the womb, incubated under. You know what I'm saying? hip-hop music and it was always about having a message you Mm. know what i'm saying and a a message from the perspective that not too many people get to see that the mainstream doesn't doesn't get to see um and and the truths that come with that that message and how that may inspire people or how that may make the necessary changes in order to fix the current environment that you are telling people about, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the the underlining purpose of hip-hop for me, you know? And I used to listen to a lot of conscious rap, is what they called it back, right. back in the day. Right. And, um, you know, like Common, um, Dead Prez, you know, Talib Kweli, Most Dev, uh, Early Kanye West, you know, and I would hear these spoken word poets on the album. And I was like, wow, this, this is really dope right here because, you know, you're getting the parts of speech and, you know, literary, you know what I'm saying, wordplay and, and stuff like that. And I was, you know, very big on, on uh, English and, and stuff. So um, my uncle would play a lot of this stuff for me and he was like, oh, dude, catch that that meant something else and I was like oh that's cool I wonder if I could do that you know right and um as that evolved into high school um I wrote my first song to through the wire and I was I was mad because my uh best friend as we were getting off the bus got his uh hat taken by somebody you know they high school they snatched hats and shit like that I was like, man, this is fucked up. And I wrote like 
two verses about it, you know, and then I started doing that, but not writing to beats and then just writing to, you, you know, just, just coming up with the, with the lyrics and mm-hmm. doing, um, doing them acapella. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people were like, yeah, that kind of sounds like the, the poetry that I hear on this, on this album, you know what I'm saying? So simultaneously with that, uh, that poetry jam started, um, being televised, right. you know, on HBO. And then I will also, I will stay up late and watch um, Saturday Night Live. And after Saturday Night Live, they would have Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. And I would see poets there on Showtime at, at the Apollo. So that's why I said like 2005, 2008 was a, was a very big year because that's when a lot of this poetry started becoming mainstream. And I feel like that's kind of when I cultivated and got into that um, that sphere. Because remember, before it was it was um, freestyle battle rap because the Eight Mile, right? right. Like right. When, when Eight Mile came out, everybody swore it, it was like, oh, a, a, yeah, a, a battle rapper and, and, right. and shit. So yeah, and you know, I it, it was it was a hobby at first. You know, just something that I was like. I do in my spare time, like an outlet. And then I just started perfecting it and working on it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, this is actually good. Like you yeah. should consider continue to do this. All right. Now what, um, like what was one of the first times that you remember Like, like what was one of those moments? Like, nah, I'm really like, I really do this. Like I'm, 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 I'm doing my thing here. Mm. That's that's good because I haven't. Uh, this is my first time being asked that that question before. Mm. I think it was when I performed a poem at like the regional uh, student support service conference, and it it was the first time when people were saying it wasn't just the poem but it was the presence, mm. you know, because the, you know, the, the, the lyrics and the, the bars and metaphors have always been there, but my challenge has been, oh, well, you said it too fast or you said it and, you know, people don't really like get it and understand it. So this was the, that was the first time I had done it. And I think I even switched up the way that I did it and did it a little bit slower and engaged mm-hmm. with the audience. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Looked at people in the in the audience, and I was with uh, uh, philosophy and dragonfly, and I was like, "Yeah, you 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 got it." <laughs> That's what we've been saying, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's just what I love. I love when I hear people say and 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 discuss things in these type of conversations. That's so you know, parallel to me, like, so yeah, Def Jam Poetry by far was a lot of, you know, what what motivated me to start actually trying to do anything, and yeah, both of us are definitely writers, and I'm, and it's good to see that you are basically also saying, like, yeah, when it was, like, delivery was next, like, the heat has been there on the paper, in the head, it's been there, but, like, it's got to be presented to where other people catch it, and I love like like spoken word um, culture is probably the friendliest 
out of the entertainment. So, like, they come trying to understand and try to go with you. So, like, you know, just give them a little bit, like, work with them. Um, right. And, and, and what I've learned about, like, all the open mics I love, these are smart audiences. I don't have to write. Mm -hmm. I don't have to dumb down nothing. Like, they're there. You know what I mean? And they let you know. So yeah, no, that that's that's real. I, that's real. Like, you know, that to to you know to say like, yeah, it took a little bit of the um, you know, how to how to, you know, emphasize this here, slow that down over there and all that type of stuff. And then next thing you know, the exact same thing that you have thought about, you know, multiple times just hit crazy. What is an example? You have a situation, you know, you're you're putting together your you know, your piece, you feel like, okay, this is the one, you know, this is going to hit, they're going to react here, they're going to react here. And then all of a sudden you get up there and like something like that was a setup along the way or just kind of a throwaway for you, all of a sudden people are losing their mind there. And you're like, like next thing, that's the part that you're kind of slowing down, to, you know, to let them react to. It's like, I didn't really see that to be the one. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> always... That's always funny. Now, I have the other side, if you had something that you swore was going to hit and it really didn't get a reaction, does, how do you do with that? Does that kind of throw you off a little bit or are you just like, all right, it's all good, keep it going? Um, I just I just keep it going. But that happens, that happens often. So there's this one piece I have called uh, Random. And it's just... Uh, I guess I, I can say I was inspired by uh, this poet. He used to go by Real Talk, but now he goes by um, Brandon, Brandon Alexander Williams. Uh, mm. And it's, uh, it's called Wordplay. And he just has like a lot of like random, you know, bars in it. But I say that, uh, what was the line? Um, I try to be a follower of Christ instead of a Christian, but I'm conflicted because all I want to do is share what I've been blessed with, but they call it sinning. And, <laughs> and I say, like, when I say blessed with, like, I look down at my feet. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's like, everybody's always, like, so quiet right here, <laughs> you know. And, and <laughs> Hey, dang, I'm not, I'm not, y'all don't think I'm flat, no. <laughs> what the, the, yeah. the, the funny thing is, like, I try to, I try to be, I try to be subtle with it, you know what I'm saying, because I don't want to just, like, just grab a dick on stage, <laughs> you know, um, because I feel, I feel like the, the, the shock value of doing that will make you miss the next line, you know. Oh, okay, got you, right, right. Right. Um, yeah, but that's like that's like one of the one of the examples, you know. And it's 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 funny too because as a poet, you know, and like being in a in LA, like your audience is other poets. Right. So I'm like used to someone being up on stage, and I'm like, all right. They about to, they about to go. Like how I listen to like a black chakra is basically how I expect to listen to every, to every poet coming from LA. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so I just have a different type of ear. But some people will listen to, 
you know, um, like a like a Tilo, and you really just there for the for the experience. You know what I'm saying? It's not really too much going on within the piece that you have to make sure that you you know are are listening for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the beauty of this whole thing. It's like part of it is thinking it through, and part of it is just just go. <laughs> like just. Just go up there and do it, yeah. and you know it's. Uh, what's that? Let's like. What about that one? What's a, a situation where you had to ad lib a little bit? If it was subtle, if it was crazy, like all the way off the, you know, where it was like I had this plan and this plan, and something happened. And now we doing it. So I have a I have a piece about like that my my ideal woman. Mm-hmm. And I say like a line where, um, you know, she could show up to her doorstep in a hair wrap and no makeup on. Sometimes I'll switch that up. Like she could show up to her doorstep in a robe and a bonnet, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, just something. Cause I know that, I know that the, the audience is listening to the poem and they're going through the journey with me. You know, um, and like this is like my classic thing is to do something that will throw them off, you know, as for like laughs or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I I never really saw myself as being like a serious poet. Like I couldn't get up on stage and then just, you know, for three and a half minutes go on a serious topic like being an aborted child. You know what I'm saying, or uh, you, 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 you know, uh, having a, a near death experience. You know, um, just because I don't know. I, I it just I, I didn't feel like drawn into it. You know what I'm saying, and I, I feel like if I was to get too much into that emotion, it would be hard to, to come back from. Mm. Um, and there is this thing that a lot of slam poets talk about, like bleeding on stage and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I, I I want to give the audience an experience that you know they're going to enjoy the length of their time here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially since that's the most popular thing to do because that wins slams and most people when they perform are trying out their slam pieces. I don't want to leave a poetry night like fucking depressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because right. you know, I, I, I've I've gone through all these different emotions, and then maybe they tired of something that ha- that has happened. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't want anyone coming to me up off the street like, "Oh yeah, I love your FUT poem." You know, like, <laughs> right. like I, it, it just that's just not what I wanted to be remembered for. You know, right, right. But they'll they'll say like um, yeah you had and most people won't even remember what the what the poem was about they just remember one line it's right. like yeah I like the poem where you said this one thing I use that right. as a Facebook caption right. you know what I'm saying like that's the type of stuff that I, I, that I, I like to hear right. when I'm out and about <laughs> right right now nah, I'm immediately thinking of Paul Mayfair and. Um, I and exact. I have. I do not remember what the poem is about. I do remember it was a very emotional situation for him. Um, it's one of the situations he'll have. He'll actually 
have the tears on the stage, have half the damn crowd. And then he'll just wipe his face off and be like, all right, yeah, cool. That was it. So my next piece, because like at this point, this man is now like also, I don't want to say at this point, he also does his thing with acting. He's now a regular with um, uh, Flow and the Progressive com uh, commercials. One of the first people that I thought of is, um, you know, somebody that does know how to do that and, and has no problem. Like, yeah, actors, that's their thing is, is, is getting you emotionally invested. I feel you. I... I, you know, that that's not that's not my lane. So salute to those that that do that, you know, you know, for sure. Um, do you uh do you agree like with I guess it's a saying or whatnot that like, yeah, a lot of times, you know, people would use comedy and things like that to kind of ease into or divert away from or just yeah, I'm not about to just sit on this spot, you know, sit in this whole depressed state, I'm not gonna do it to other people, I'm not gonna do it to myself. Like, we got to branch, you know, split it up, break it up a little bit. Is that kind of, it sounds like that's kind of what you were already alluding to. Yeah, like, I've learned at an early stage to have, um, to, to, to have a few in the chamber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, a few different types. I, I mean, and this, they tell you this in uh, competitive slam poetry because, you know, the judges are unbiased and they are poetry listeners. You know what I'm saying? So they're not going to say, they're not going to hear things like, this person has used a full poem with shades of red. You know, they're going to say like, this person made me feel like different emotions that come from the color red, you get what I'm saying? So okay. that is what I'm going to judge based off of. And then the next poet, you know, if they talk about the same thing, then it's just like, all right, we done heard about love all, all night. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like what is someone else gonna gonna bring? And that's um that that's another thing too, uh, which I learned through the open mics is like. Some people have different motives when they when they go on stage. You know, they just want to get something off their chest. Um, they're doing it because um, they find out um, new things. So I figured I, I figured I always just wanted to be there to give the audience a good experience because that's mm -hmm. how that's how I want to be remembered, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I always keep a few in the, in the chamber. Um, and since we're talking about poetry happenings, I really hate when it's a poem that I really want to do. <laughs> and someone has already done the, the subject matter before me. So it's like, <laughs> ah, yeah. That's funny. You know that I've, I've come in, sometimes I come in like, I have to do this that I want to do, I can't wait to do it. Sometimes I come in like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I'm supposed to do a poem. I'm not really ready yet. So I think in some of those cases, if you give me that one little out, they're like, all right, I don't want to do it, no way. But a poem I'm set on, I actually like when I hear somebody mention a lot of things that were re related because I do not like 
I know I'm so out there that it's like you're now about to hear the same exact thing two different ways. <laughs> I'm not even worried mm -hmm. about it. And that, theirs was dope. Like, cool. Now let me do my version. So it's 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 I, you know, I hear you, but like for the most part, um, no, nah, I know that. <laughs> so the last time I was in Arizona was one of those situations. I really didn't have nothing super strong. But my man um, knows that I'm out here traveling, so he was going to make time for me. So mm -hmm. it was like the whole show went like if I would have went up, I'd have been like one of the last two or three people to go. And he was going to have me go right after this live singer. Like, no. <laughs> no, you just had this lady just control the whole room. Singing back and forth with her. Did you want me to come? No, I'm I'm good. Thank you, man. Thanks for thanks for like you know making time for me. But like, nah, I'm I don't need to go today. So it's like, yeah, that you know that. But like, nah, some of the other ones. Um, if I know I have something I want to say, like I'm very confident, and nobody else saying it like that. So nah, let me <laughs> let me rock. You know what I mean? But I I feel what you're saying. No, I get that. I get that. Now, I do want to confirm because you, again, this is something you kind of already alluded to. What is your, not your style, because you've already kind of mentioned, like, yeah, you're definitely going to throw comedy. What are, like, some of the topics that are nerd poet subject matter that you're going to hear most of the time? I hear, like, like love and those experiences. That's definitely one. Mm. So you'll definitely hear you'll definitely hear stuff that's like hip hop influence, um, things that have a lot of pop culture, the experience of being a, a nerd. Um, I do a little bit of social justice, but I don't consider myself like a social justice poet. Uh, but there'll be, you know, some sprinkles of, of that in there. So it just, it, it, it varies. It, it kind of shifts between those different, uh, those different things. And then on on page, like my page poetry, is where I really get uh, creative. And like I have a, a poem, Precious Stones, and it's uh, it 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 has the name of a stone that's used for a girl's name. Mm. So I think it starts off like Jim, Jewel, Jade, Crystal, Diamond, and Ruby. They were mm -hmm. all my favorites, but I got two, you know what I'm saying? Something like that, you know, I do, oh, in my, in my next, I'm excited, um, and I'm gonna talk about this uh, later on too, but my next book, like the letter D. The letter E? The letter D. The letter D, okay, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, I have a, I have a poem that's, <laughs> that's in the shape of a letter D, so, you know, oh. like, Okay. You know, shit like that gets me gets me excited. That, that's what right. I get, you know, geeked out about. Because that's the that's the type of stuff that I studied uh, when I was, um, you know, studying uh, studying poetry. Okay. Okay. Very good.